Pitch Deck Asia. Your story, your words. We're live. This is Pitch Deck Asia. Graham Brown in the studio, joined by Michael D'Olivero. Did I get that right? Sorry. D'Olivero. D'Olivero. Okay. And David Ward. Yeah, mine's much simpler. It is. It is. I don't sound like a, a South American footballer either. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. All have the skills, <laughs> maybe. But welcome to the studio. It's good to see you both, gentlemen. We're going to talk about the nurturing company, um, Bambulu, one of your brands. Yes. And um, you've both got um, interesting backgrounds as well that brought you here. How long have you both been in Singapore? Uh, Mike's from here, or right. kind of from here. Yeah, um, well, that was a, that yeah. was a, a very long conversation <laughs> off air, wasn't it? <laughs> There's um, about five or six different nationalities yeah. in there, wasn't there? <laughs> yes, yes. It's fascinating. Uh, I've been here about five years. Yeah. Um, spent 20 plus years in the fashion industry. Yeah. Woke up one morning and decided that I thought I'd do something more useful and um, created Singapore's first uh, sustainable products brand called No Trees mm. uh, at that stage. Um, long story short, sold the idea, got divorced, <laughs> um, and then um, built that brand up and uh, eventually moved on to sort of like Mark II version um, called Bamboo Loo. Yeah. Um, to primarily get rid of all the plastics that you find in the packaging. So uh, decided to sort of start again and, and – uh, rebuilt the supply chain to allow us to bring products to consumers that have no plastics at all. Mm. Um, and then we sort of moved that and broadened that out into the nurturing company, which is Bamboo Lou and a collection of other brands. So we're also on the same kind of mission. Right. Fantastic. I've got so many questions I mm. want to ask you. And obviously the why question mm. you've alluded to it already. Yeah. Um, mean, you were just, to pretext that people yeah. won't know about you, you worked yeah. at some of the the well known fashion brands, high yes. street, like Fred Perry Fred, and JD Sports and yeah, so on. Oakley, Quicksilver for a long time. Yeah. Um, learned, Lifestyle brands, yeah. Learned a lot from a lot of great people, yeah, about building brands and building businesses. And um, and the whole story, this is the honest truth, started in a hole in the wall bar in Japan. Oh, I love those stories. In Tokyo, one late Friday night, um, I got talking to a guy from Canada. At that stage, I didn't know. Um, who runs a business called Kaboo, which still exists. And um, we got talking about sustainable products. And could I help him? Because I was doing brand licensing. I was finding partners for brands. Mm. Um, and part of what's, well, that's what we do for with Bamboo Lou. And um, I said, yeah, I'll, I'll try. So we started to look into it. Of course, then you start to look and you realize there's a deficit, there's a gap, there's an opportunity, there's products that exist but they're not quite right mm. um, so in the end we couldn't actually work with his products for over here because the specification requirements were for North America so I thought well I'll, I'll create a brand to fill the gap um, created no trees um, tried to find investors you know I was green new here didn't really know my way around the landscape very well um, but was very fortunate that found someone who wanted to buy the, the idea in, in its entirety uh, and fund the development of that business um, and the more you get into this side of, of your brain, uh, in a sense, it becomes more mission mm. than, than... What would you mean, this side of your brain? Well, you, the startup you, side? Yeah, or? the startup side and also... Solving problems. Yeah, solving problems yeah. And, and looking at it, you know, stepping back from, you know, just doing things in a fairly sort of straight linear way and yeah. saying, you know, I do this and then I do that. And, and, you know, next season's here and last year's products were a bit different and this year's products are only slightly different and you know when 25 years of the fashion industry it was great to me mm. um you know paid me very well but but it's not particularly gratifying to the soul 
Yeah, challenging. Yes, yeah, when you get to a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Well, you've got some products with you here. Let, we'll have a look at those in a minute. Mm. Um, it's always good for a show and tell so people can actually <laughs> see what you're doing. Um, Michael, bringing you into the story here, how did you guys meet? Well, was it at that bar in Tokyo? <laughs> no, uh, not really. It, it was actually about 10 months ago that we met at Antler, okay. the incubator. And so you were both graduates of Antler. Correct. Okay. Yes, we were the first cohort met. I think on the first day, and mm. we, you know, it's, it was a large cohort, and we never had a chance to really sit down, do a hackathon, or think of ideas together. We went our own ways, but it was kind of after going our own ways. You know, back in December, we kind of sat down, had coffee, mm. and then we said, "Hey, you know, so you're doing this, and you know, I'm looking to actually, you know, try something else." Um, and we kind of just felt, yeah, you know, look, Bamboo's a great product. I liked it. And I was available at that time to just do something different from the earlier startup I had opted out of. So I sat down and said, yeah, let's help. You know, and then help just became more of an involvement. And, you know, it finally became to the point where, you know, I'm part of the team helping David to like really grow Bamboo as much as possible and, you know, the other brands that we have as well. Great. So did you go into Antler with Bamboo and... What was the story? Yeah, there? Kind of, I did actually, but I didn't pursue it in the in the program because right. the you know the objective of, of the program and it, it was it's very good um, that you know should you have a great idea, don't be close minded to another great idea. Mm. So we were we sat down and we had a hackathon and we and with a group of other people came up with a, a bigger problem actually, which we're partly involved with um, through the nurturing company now, which is water and access to water and plastic mm. bottled water particularly. Um, and we came up with a plan to create a network of uh, water refill stations here in Singapore because actually access outside of office or building or home here in Singapore, like a lot of places, is quite poor um, and expensive. You know, you're, the choice is you go to a 7-Eleven or a convenience store and mm. you buy a bottle of plastic water and then consequently you're unwittingly polluting the environment. Um, but that was too big a project, even though it won the hackathon, right? <laughs> basically, um, to do under the under the guise of, of what Antler had in its has its its as its remit in terms of uh, things that it could invest in. And mm. um, so, I, you know, when we finished that, and I, and I never felt anything bad about it, I just sort of you know jumped back into uh, Bamboo Lou, um, which in an odd way was running on the same you know, tracks really, but on, a, on, a, on the other side, as in, you know, reducing plastic, getting rid of plastics. So at some point, these things were going to converge. Mm. So under nurturing, under the nurturing company, we also work with brands that are um, following a similar mission in reducing or removing plastics from their product, um, and specifically in the area of water. So we work with two uh, distinctly different brands approaching the problem from two different angles. Um, and we are also about to start, finally, the beginning of um, the process of um, looking at building that network of, of water refill stations. Right. So coming back full circle to yes, that yeah, by solving a problem, small problem uh, yes, first, and then stepping building back. Up. Yeah, sort of going, well, look, we can't reach the third run of the ladder straight away. So yeah, let's, yeah. let's look at… That's how you to do it. The MVP of the yeah, bigger problem, yeah. right. Okay. You have some products. And I, I'm… You know, I'm conscious we've got to have a look at the pitch deck as well, but let's have a look Don't at the worry. problems first. So let's let's sort can of bring these out. Yeah, no, you can, yeah you I'll hold you. them up to camera. So if I hold them up to camera, obviously this is 
Toilet paper. Yes. What do they call it? What's the official word for oh, this? It's, but it's toilet, toilet paper. paper. TP. Right. TP. TP, for those in the know. Toilet tissues. Yeah, sorry. Toilet tissues. It sounds gentler. Yes. Toilet yeah. paper. Okay. All right. So what is Why the deal is it here? difference? Yeah. Um, it's made from bamboo, not from wood pulp. Right. 27,000 trees a day get cut down just to make toilet paper. Right. Why is it better to make it out of bamboo? Because um, bamboo's a tree, right? No, no. Bamboo's a grass. Okay. Ooh, big difference. Put me in my place. Well done. Tack, tack. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah. Um, it's to do with the carbon. Carbon in a tree is held in the, in the trunk. Right. Tree grows, cut the tree, tree's dead. Mm. Roots are dead. Um, uh, bamboo's a grass. Carbon's held in the root. Grows, cut it, grows, cut it, grows, cut it, grows, cut it, on and right. on and on and on. In fact, it's the fastest growing thing of anything in the world. It'll grow up to a meter a day. Yeah. Some species. Um, importantly, it's also hypoallergenic, naturally, which means that it's actually much better for your skin. Right. To actually be put on your skin. Um, and in from a manufacturing to delivery to the consumer, it only uses about 25% of the carbon grams in manufacturing to delivery. Why? So, Why is it just easier um, to work it's, with? Because it sequences so much more oxygen um, right. during its uh, manufacture during its growth mm. that it remains carbon positive all the way through the process. So it retains this um, hypoallergenic benefit, which is great for us as a as a consumer using the product. It's stronger. It mm. absorbs more moisture. Um, it breaks down in water in a different way. Um, it's sustainable and re regenerative. So it, it will produce five to six times the amount of raw material per hectare versus the tree. And it will sequent about 35% more oxygen mm. than an acre of trees or a hectare of trees because it will reach its full height a lot quicker. You plant bamboo today, two or three years, three years maximum, you can cut it and start harvesting. Right, fantastic. But there's a missing piece here. So mm. why, why have we been using trees for all these years when we haven't been using bamboo? There well, must have been because something um, big business... Cheaper? Not, it, it, it was cheaper. It isn't mm. anymore. Um, you know, there is this thing about th things that are organic and natural should cost you more money because you know, I call it the guilt tax to make you feel like I'm doing something, but I should pay more for it. But we, we, we don't behold with that um, and never have, and it doesn't need to. Uh, if you manage your supply chain efficiently. Um, but it's it's much more to do with the fact that, um, you know, when you think about where the adoption of, of tissue paper started, started in America, um, flushing toilets, mm. um, as the world has grown and the adoption of flushing uh, sanitation has been taken on board, um, you know, you've seen a big, big spike in, in the amount of wood pulp products being used around the world. But Conversely, that's had more negative impact upon the environment mm. because companies have had to go further and deeper into forests. So they'll tear, they were tearing down old mixed forestation, which would have, you know, vegetation, life, mammal and, and insect and replace it with a mono tree environment. Now, mm. in most cases, the animals that were there, the insects that were there, the fauna and flora were there, just get displaced and die. So that's one of the main reasons why we've managed to kill. And this is not a claim we should put on t-shirts. 60% uh, of all other living things in the world in the last 50 years. Mm. Um, you know, the, the palm oil business has also, you know, helped this process greatly, again, through the mono tree uh, policy. Um, but when you look at bamboo, bamboo re requires a different kind of landscape. It doesn't need the grade A arable land that we, that we use, for which we have very few uses. Uh, we build on it, we put crops on it, we put cattle on it, or we put trees on it. So if we want more land to put more trees on, we have less land for the, all the other things. Mm. 
So there isn't, it's actually a land problem, strangely enough, around the world. There's not enough grade A arable land without us going in and tearing down more old forests, which of course creates the haze and all the problems that we've seen that come with that. Absolutely. Um, but that's kind of been displaced in the average consumer's mind by the horrific concern that most people now have about the amount of you know one-time use one-time lifetime plastics that are now impacting the environment mm. um, which have become very prevalent on people's social media and everything else so it's a little bit of a a silver lining in a very dark cloud when you're on a mission that you're trying to get people to listen that that the issue of plastics has really sort of resonated with a lot of people and has made a lot of people suddenly go you know what i'm going to try and change the way i'm doing things well, let me ask you why, mm. because we have number one culprit here. Which yes. Typically, we can, there we go. Yes. So this is your very typical water bottle, 600 milliliters. Yep. Um, it's very cheap. Yep. It's easy to produce. Yep. You can produce billions of these a day. Yep. Especially, you know, they're found all over emerging markets. Yep. You know, here in Asia, everywhere. Yeah. A product of the Coca-Cola company, yes. right? What is the problem with this? All right. Start at the top of the list. Yeah. First of all, they're pulling the water straight out of the ground from underneath communities. Um, and the, this particular company has had um, aquifers closed down in India for that reason, that they were basically creating a drought scenario. Mm. To bottle water, they were pulling the groundwater out and, and basically depriving the community. That's been going on in a very big way with a lot of the big bottling companies around the world in lots of different places. The other part that's come out of it in the more recent times is that WHO went out and tested um, a lot of plant water coming out, you know, pre brand new bottled water coming out of plants. 93% of them were found to have uh, microplastics in them. Right. So re rewind that again. So plant water coming out. Sorry. So, so, so when I say plant water, I mean out of a bottling plant. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so that's what they call RO water. So it's basically just tap water that's filtered. Yeah. Um, and then is bottled. And how do they get microplastics in it? They don't know. Right. Why is don't that, they know? Is that in the, the, the water table anyway? They don't know. Or is that in the, the, the plant mm, itself? It's, it's highly unlikely that it's in the water table. Right. Um, but they just don't know. Um, and they don't know because the water industry itself is actually one of the most loosely regulated industries mm. in the world because mm. it's been very, very well protected by a lot of lobbyists. Um, so you've got companies that are now trying to turn that on its head. You've got a lot of activists who are railing against that um, idea that a company, um, be it Coca-Cola or one of the other great uh, um great and large companies that, that bottle water can just turn up where there is the access to a well, you know, push a pipe into the ground, build a plant, give employment and basically be paying nothing, almost nothing for the water and depriving communities of water. Um, the plastic bottle itself is also something of an oddity. Mm. Um, it takes three litres of water to make a one plastic bottle, a one litre plastic right. bottle in production and it takes 250 millilitres of oil. And we might use it for a day, and mm. then we throw it away. Yeah, and the amount of times I throw away stuff which is not even consumed. Right? Yeah, and that happens a lot. Yeah. You know, it's um, you know two thirds or whatever else, and you can't keep it. You can't use the bottle for more than a day, um, right. because the um, you know UV light and everything else it starts to affect the um, um, construction of the plastic itself, and mm. it, and it does what they call leaches. It'll leach into your water. 
And right. sometimes you'll buy brand new bottled water and you'll taste it and it tastes a little off. Because it's been not, in the sun. Not yeah. quite right because right. it's been sitting in the window of the store and stuff right. like that. And that's what that is. That's that's the leaching of um, the chemical components of the plastic actually entering into the water. But so, that's as bad as drinking dioxins, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, not it's healthy, not great. It? It's yeah. not great. Um, you know, there is there are companies that are looking at, you know, how you can package that. You know, we work mm. with two, one that has a plant-based uh, bottle, one that has a, a can um, that are eliminating or have eliminated all of the plastics out of the production. And also the production and, uh, let's say, filling process is, mm. is, is you know, di- uh, controlled in a very much a, a different way. But David, David, here's the problem, and I'll play devil's advocate. Yeah, yeah. Is this, this is just too damn easy. What, what do of I course do? it is. What do I do? The, this bottle here is I can buy it in boxes. We can get yeah. it shipped to the house, to the office here. Yeah. It's really cheap, you know, and even like the, the convenience solution, like they were suggested, to give you one of those large water coolers, which yes, is yeah. their sort of environmental solution. The, 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 yeah, the, the water, the, you know, there are, there's, there's layers. So if you start with the, the plastic, individual plastic bottle, this was never a great invention from the purpose of the amount of energy and, and amount of raw material it would use to make it. But it answered a convenient thing for us. But we were sold the idea originally that that water was better than our tap water. Mm. Now, that's definitely not the case here in Singapore. Singapore has some of the best water in the world. Right. Bar none. But let's take a brand like Evian. That's a, that's that's a different product. That's right. a that's a mineral water straight out of an aquifer that's been running over a mountainside and right. all of is the, that just branding? The, is that no, real? no, is no. That, that is a, there is a very very diff- big difference okay. between these two waters. Now, the problem with that is is that the general bottling process that that water will go through if it's going into a plastic bottle will be following the same loose guidelines mm. unless there's internal uh, um, uh, mechanisms there that that you're finding with the bottled water that was tested by um, WHO. And a lot of that is to do with the way it's, it's filled vertically and the cap is put on at the end. And that means that at some point something's been attached to the bottle and there is always going to be a, a scenario where, where you know, component parts of plastic or will either be in the bottle already because it's made of plastic or something's coming off the lid itself mm. when it's applied. The question is, is there, although the scary bit was that they didn't actually know where these microplastics were coming from. Yeah. That sounds a bit scary to me because yeah, I don't even know what a microplastic of, is, but yeah. it doesn't sound like it belongs in my body. It doesn't absolutely doesn't belong in your body. Okay. We're going to have a look at the pitch deck in a minute. And um, so if you are watching live or you're watching this on the archive, then would love to hear in your comments, your thoughts about the, the plastic and the paper problem as well, right? You know, these problems, what do you do about it? You know, love to hear your comments on the video. Um, you know, what do you think are the challenges facing us as consumers in adopting these products, right? Because a lot of it is just habit and what we've been used to for doing for years, which gets to a point where we're actually saying, why are we doing this? It's actually well, it's, not the right thing to do. It's the availability of the alternative. Yeah. Until now, until recently, and, and, and you know, we're not unique in what we're trying to do. We're like a lot of smaller companies around the world who are seeing that there are products out there or technical uh, ways of manufacturing which have now changed which allow us to do away with plastics um choices are becoming available so it's a question of how much do we feel that we can make a shift mm. we don't necessarily have to be changing very much you know uh, bamboo toilet paper looks and feels just like your normal wood yeah. toilet paper um actually a little bit softer and silkier in some to, to compared to some but um it performs admirably in use 
Yeah. Um, and that's what matters. That's, that's what matters. Um, and it's far less harmful to the environment. Yeah. Um, it's know. also a story as well. Yes. Yeah. Which yeah. is, you know, yeah. you know, coming from the world of fashion. Yeah. Yeah. This is what it's, it's about. It's got, it? there's, a, there's a very nice feeling to say that, you know, this is grown on farms by yeah. families who take their canes up the hill, literally on the back of a push bike or a motorcycle in long canes and get it, get, you know, gets all chipped and paid for by market rates, not being controlled by some big conglomerate. Hmm. Um, and it's handled by people that have been making tissue paper and toilet paper for 25 years who in, in, live in a nation that have been using uh, um, bamboo to make paper for two and a half thousand years. Yeah. You know, they know what they're doing. Exactly. And yeah. it's not as a, you know, uh, I wouldn't say parasitic industry. But it, no. it, it's sustainable. It's, it's completely, it, yeah, it's it completely doesn't, doesn't renewable. It suck resources out of the, the land. Correct. And, leave it and, you know, unusable. And, the, you know, mills that we work with, the, the, you know, the partners we have and manufacturing partners are FSC certified. So they all follow the FSC chain of uh, um, custody, which is the forestry uh, certificate of stewardship or right. forestry stewardship certificate. Um, so, you know, for, for retailers or, or partners, you know, there, there's the sort of like a Western assurance, if you like. Yeah. That, yeah, what's being done in China is being done correctly. You know, trust me, they know what they're doing. Yeah, good. All right, well, let's jump into the pitch deck whilst we are sort of setting up the the, the backstory to this. So, um, I mean, you've talked a lot about the problem already, and uh, I would like to maybe jump around the pitch deck yeah, a little bit. You, you can help us understand and unpack it a little bit. If I sort of jump to forward to slide seven, you talk about the actual market slide, a size, sorry, for one of your... Um, the bottled yeah. water one. Yeah, so one. I mean, let's start here with the... So this is for Bambulu. So yeah. this is going to be for the paper, right? Yes. Now, um, bear in mind that some people might actually be listening, so they not, mm -hmm. can't see the data. So you've got 51 billion in 2017. What was that for? Is that for toilet paper that's, or just for this type of paper? That's, no, that's what you... That's the, the global market size for uh, the tissue paper or, or, or hygiene paper, as it's referred to in, right. in, in Statistica this, or, or Nielsen's uh, numbers. Um, yeah, but basically toilet paper, tissue paper, right. things of that body nature, paper, body right. paper, yeah. stuff that you would rub on your body. Nice. So that's 51 billion. Yeah. And how much of that is current? Do you know how much of that is currently sort of traditional paper, if I can call it? Um, over 98% of right. it still. Yeah. Um, you know, China has a large manufacturing base for bamboo tissue paper products, but over 80% of it stays in China. The China market likes bamboo. Mm. Natural, it's hypoallergenic. You know, it's it's uh, it's much better, but it's also based on the fact that China has faced a a shortage of wood uh, um, to make tissue paper for some years, and that's why they created this alternate fiber industry about eighteen twenty years ago. And um, when you move outside of China, you'll see it in pockets. So you'll see three or four brands that I know in in Europe, uh, three or four brands I know in you know North America. Um, there's three here, oddly enough. We're quite well covered, mm. um, including ourselves here in Singapore. Um, Japan has its own version, which isn't made from bamboo, but it's made from a plant that grows in Japan. Um, you know, so there are a lot of fibers you can use to make uh, tissue paper with, but the number one in terms of future um, usage for the industry, as indicated by Kimberly Clark in a report they did in 2014 with Virginia Tech, is bamboo. Mm except you cannot grow it in North America. Right, that's the problem. So there's, a, the so there's a dichotomy thing. there. Yeah. So okay. why haven't big business got involved in it? Well, some of are yeah. trying, um, you know, and I, and I actually think what you'll see more over in America 
in the next three to five years is them using hemp and straw yeah. rather than tree or a mixture of these two because that grows there and that will, that will be growing because they're, they're now allowed to grow hemp again. And hemp's a great fiber also. Absolutely. You can make a lot of things out of it. You right? can apparently. Yes. Yeah, I've heard. So we're going to go back into the pitch deck back a little bit because mm. I think the missing link here is talking about the mindset and you, you sort of highlight it here is that we've talked about, for example, just taking the paper market. So we've got obviously the, the, the toilet paper here. So I'm jumping around here and we've got the tissue paper mm. here, which is another one of your products. Um, yes. You've got the size of the market, which is 50 billion. So it's only 2% penetrated with yeah, more these products, yeah. right? If you can get the other 90% on board, yeah, that's a 50 billion market, yeah. right? Now, People want to make a change, and you say here 66% of global consumers are looking to purchase products from companies that are committed to social environmental environmental impact. Yes. But yes, why aren't they? Um, availability. Uh, you know, it's a tough act, really, to get a, a retailer to uh, not um, or to take down one of the big brands they might well be getting paid quite a lot of money from, um, mm. you know, in terms of marketing fees, et cetera, to make a change. Um, I think the retailers here in Singapore, particularly cold storage, have been uh, pretty good, actually. But you're 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 still deemed as a kind of niche. Mm. Um, and if you want more space, you've got to pay for more space. And when you're a company that's building and selling your product, rather than you know, we rent a piece of land, we plant a tree, we 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 sell it to ourselves, we sell it to ourselves, we sell it to ourselves, and now we need it somewhere for it to go. Different set of ROIs mm. requirements, you know, um, and different budgets. When you go to a, a retailer like a a you know a cold storage, yeah. which is a you know a large, not the largest grocer here yeah. in in Singapore, do they take a product like this and put that put it in their eco corner? They yes. have like a rather yes. than their yeah. you know their their home um, or toilet paper corner. Do they put it in with all the I, other products? I, yeah, I think it's changed. It used to be yeah. kind of end of row. Right. When we first started back with no trees, um, now it's kind of like it's kind of mid 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 row but you're still not got a lot of space mm. but i have to take my hat off to them you know we 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 don't have any plastic you know the reason why we don't have any plastic is we customers don't want consumers don't want the plastic yeah. the plastic is there to help the supply chain so it's challenging for them to not be buying a product in plastic mm. um cold storage were very open-minded towards this idea because they were getting a lot of friction back from consumers about how to reduce you know why have you got so much plastic in your supermarkets and we can see around the world you know whether it's a you know uh, unpacked type store which is you know bulk buy no no packaging or plastic free aisles or mm. you know the naked fruit story from new zealand which is going on right now which is yeah, basically absolutely. just fruit as it used to be yeah um it's all good because we we we're, we're beginning to realize we can actually live without a lot of this extra plastic and of course plastic is a you know a, a great um material when it when it's used for something which has a longevity to it um you know it's only we we've be, we just overused it mm. you know and it became an ubiquitously con consumed thing um but a lot of the time it was stuff that we didn't really it wasn't connected to the product mm. it was you know we were buying something that came in plastic it was given to us in something that was plastic and as a consequence that went in the bin mm. within about 10 15 minutes of being at home um, but that will be with us for three or four hundred years. Yeah, and a lot know. of it is to do with, like we talked about habit, but also, you know, the way retail works is shelf space, mm -hmm. isn't it? And if you are a large brand, 
you can command the best shelf space Correct. and you're not going to throw in some products that are going to maybe yeah. challenge your brand. Yeah, you're, you you're, you're, you're in a, you're in a, a kind of, I call it a niche, you know, it's a, it's a growing space, but you know, the, the retailer is, is, is now beginning to react to the demand from the consumer. Mm. This is not, you know, it's not the kind of, it's the bit of the, you know, the tail wagging the dog really. Yeah. Um, doesn't happen very often, but this groundswell um, globally against plastics are making retailers all over the world, you know, suddenly jump up and go, my God, we need to be doing or be seen to be doing yeah. something. Well, we've seen this, haven't we? Like with animal testing and yes, beauty products, yes, right? It yeah, worked. Yeah. I mean, it's a similar idea, yeah. isn't it? Up until a point, then it takes a brand to come along and yeah. challenge it and say, yeah. look, this is no good. Yeah. We've got to educate the customers. And then customers flip don't yeah. they, and say, that's enough. Yeah. And well, I would say that the, you know, the, we work quite quite closely with the hotel sector here. Yeah. And the hotel sector, without doubt, is on a on a, um, a footing to make a big change mm. away from plastics in in many many areas of their business. Whether it's the water side or whether it's you know tree free or getting rid of plastic toothbrushes or the little bottles of you know amenities that you get in the room, all these kinds of things. All this is going to change and and change very quickly. You know, retail is a little bit slower, a little bit more. Uh, re- reactionary here mm. um, you more know, conservative right? yeah you need to go and look in you know United States even people like big companies like Walmart making changes if you go to UK whether it's Waitrose whether it's Tesco's you know the, 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 all of those companies are beginning to take steps mm. to, towards removing plastics on a general level um, you know we were the first completely no plastics brand that cold storage ever had mm. ever found and you know is that how you define your brand a no plastics brand yeah zero plastics right yeah, zero plastic brand i mean our, our business nurturing is a reduced to zero plastics mm. focused company and um, because you can't you're not in all, all areas of all product can you immediately go from what you had with plastic to a no plastic option right um you know in some cases you've got to go through you know iterational steps as the technology plays catch up mm. in a sense but you got to i mean you know i don't know how it is in your office but you, I mean, people are going to say you're no plastics brand, but you have a plastic pen there. But the point being is that it's about what's, what's yeah, being disposed of, yes, isn't it? What's, yeah. You said plastic works. Yes. If it's for something of longevity, yeah. it makes absolute yeah. sense. Yeah. Right? The, the terminology that gets used is one time use plastic or one, right. one, one lifetime use plastics. Um, and this is quite significant. It's not plastic per se. Plastic right. is a great thing. Well, these headphones here are plastic. Absolutely. Most, than of your, most, most right. of the interior of your car is plastic. Most exactly. of but we're not throwing it away every no, day. No, That's no, the problem. No. And and you know there there are significant um, areas of of need where one time use only plastics are needed. Hotel, sorry, uh, hospital hmm. equipment, particularly whether it's the wrapping over surgical equipment or um, you know hypodermics, all those kinds of things can only ever be used once. Hmm. So there will always be a proportion. But that's where it was to begin with. We just added it into all the other things that, where we didn't need it. Creep, yeah. And and eventually, right. you know, we look at the pictures that we see, We're sadly, the price, of yeah. the things that are, that are going on in the environment around us. And I think the consequences are finally becoming very manifest in, like what David said, what we see today in images on, whether it's a documentary about plastics in the ocean or mm. something that the media reports about in, you know, in a newspaper. Every plastic, if it's not been incinerated, every plastic that was ever made since the beginning is still on the earth today because plastic takes about 500 years to actually biodegrade or completely break mm. down. And that's a terrible message to actually think about if you if you look at it today. We have over 600 million kilos of plastic in the ocean each year. Yeah. So that's becoming 
noticeable, noticeable to yes. the point where it's like the shark fin industry where the hotels, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago faced this backlash in how they were serving shark's fin soup. Mm. And then they stood up and took notice because it was a market demand that they stopped serving. And I think that wave is now actually coming through a second time with plastics. Well, we're seeing, like you say, the tangible impact of the decisions we're making like those horrible like mountains of plastic in the sea yeah it's not big, cool eh? you can't escape from it it's yeah, right no, there in front of you really. actually see them now like the size of i don't know antarctic or something i don't know yeah. how big these things are now but They're pretty big you're not going to get one of those little drones go out there and suck no. them up like you see so no. i, I want to talk about that you've got a bit of a technical technological solution involved in this mm. as well and we, we've got to talk about that because i mean uh, we haven't seen this as well so. oh, no this, this is this is not out what's there's not one of our brands but i'm a oh. i'm a, i am a i am a refill guy coffee bean tea leaf coffee bean and tea Let's leaf hold that up to the camera there you yeah, go yeah there so. you go so this is they're, they're now doing these this is a hydro flask a right. very good uh, twin layer uh, keep it cool for about six hours yeah it's, it's so i mean I, i'm a little bit lazy i suppose and i can't be bothered to buy these things and because I, I don't think about the consequences of my well, behavior there is there is a cost you know mm. you have to use about 150 plastic bottles of water in terms of energy to replace the energy needed to make that but that right. has that will last you you know five years ten years as long as you don't crush it under a car wheel or something yeah um so there but so there is a trade-off there's always a the trade-off you know see what well, seems like a wonderful solution but it's always going to kind of require some kind of commitment in terms of energy mm. um you know the the balance is to try and find the one where you can you know you've got a reasonable lifetime of use out of something but without it having to have a marked impact upon the earth can't they make it out of bamboo wood um not not a not a refill bottle no. but you know um, it wouldn't mold i mean bamboo is quite resilient in fact well that's it's hypoallergenic so yeah. in fact bam, uh, bacteria it's almost impossible for bacteria to grow on bamboo. Yeah. that's that's one of the but i suppose crafting it. it would be an issue yeah. wouldn't it, rather than metal mold, but right? but um you know whether it's you know uh the plant-based bottle company that we work with um which is 82 percent plant-based that that bottle itself will last about five or six weeks mm. you know before it starts to break down the other one is a Aluminium can. Al aluminium is infinitely recyclable. Lose no degradation of material. Um, and anything and everything that's made out of aluminium has already been something else in aluminium at least six or eight times. And normally, by the time you throw it in the bin, um, six to nine weeks later, it's made back into something else mm. around the world. And it has the highest value to the uh, recycling industry or the waste industry as well. So it's actually um, cost positive in terms of its recyclability. Mm. Um, that's probably a solution for you to do away with the plastic one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you can. You don't actually have to change your behaviour. You buy it, you consume it, you just make sure you so, throw it in the recycling bin, and it will come back to you mm. in six or eight weeks' time, made as something else. So, if I buy a bottle of, I mean, a can of Coke, that yes. was once yeah. many different cans. It was many different things. Yeah, normally, right. yeah, on average, six to eight uh, times. Okay, very good. I'm learning. Let's have a look at the tech solution. You've got mm. um, on the pitch deck here, I'm just going to bounce around a little bit. Slide eight, return. Um, now you're talking about IoT-based solution of some sort. This is in the crates, is it? How does this work? Yeah, so so when we first came up with the original iteration of, of no trees, uh, sorry, of, of uh, um, a nurturing company, mm. um, it was actually called Never Run Out. Um, never run out of the resource, never run out of things at home based on a crate delivery-based system. But we only really had one SKU, and it was a little difficult to join the dots up between 
the environmental message and and the you know the never run out name mm. so we changed it and called ourselves the nurturing company and immediately the whole people i know what that means you know mm. it's caring and everything else which was obviously the point um but the 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 manner of the way that we wanted to to uh um, deal with the um situation is you know the material that we have left um once we use something you know we, we often just call it waste rubbish actually it's not there's material there's value in that um what return will be is a platform where not only are we working with our own products um, under the bamboo Lou brand or under nurturing co brand uh, but other people's products as well that are in themselves designed to be less impactful on the earth in terms of the original concept and original manufacturing process but often there will be something left after you've used it let's say it's the can or it's mm. the core of your toilet roll or the box that your tissues come in well normally you would want to see that get returned back into the supply chain so that the value can be captured again and that material can be reapplied and repurposed into something else but if we leave that all to the current waste management systems of most countries and particularly here in singapore where most waste is burned and is becoming problematic for the government and the government itself is on a zero waste footing and, and direction um it started to solidify as being a stronger um methodology that you know not only could we create you know products that were built from the ground up to have you know be better for us and have less impact that we could then attract other brands to our business that were on a similar mission and that collectively um you know because that's what the nurturing is collective the nurturing collective that over a period of time we would have enough of these to be able to offer a marketplace to the consumer who is interested in buying products that are own you know that are more natural that are less impactful and can either be sold to them in reusable or um uh, uh, upcyclable materials so there is uh, again a lot of movement in this area around the world there's a great business in America called Loop mm. which was launched at Davos about eight, four or five weeks ago maybe five weeks ago i think it's actually going to officially launch in may in in the united states and they've come together with you know P&G Unilever a bunch of other big companies and and those companies have each designed a refillable reusable container of a Haagen-Dazs ice cream or a Ben and & Jerry's or you know Dove uh and deodorant and other things um and but currently they're only going to be on that one platform so our objective with a return is to you know sort of skip past the you know made uniquely for model or the you know, the Betamax versus VHS like you know mm. that one doesn't work with that one and um, these companies have spent a lot of money on creating this packaging but currently only has one avenue to go to um and and we want to have a platform that not only allows us to you know be building products from the ground up as i just said but we can work with those companies that are also taking this matter very seriously and trying to reduce the amount of in brackets waste material that the consumer has to deal with mm. you know we're not paying for that we're paying for the product so we just get the plastics and we get all the other stuff with it currently and, and a lot of people don't want that mm. so what, what format is this actual what is return in terms of the platform how, how does it look now and what it looks it? it looks just like a slide because it's purely just at the ideation stage okay yeah so this is your product vision so this yeah so so uh, you know marketplace is starting two ways normally and a lot of times they start with you know 
tech-based people thinking about, mm. I need to create a business. What's great? Our oh, marketplace. I don't have to own any stock. What a great thing that is. I'm not responsible for all the stock. It's somebody else's problem. That's normally what you get told. That's great, but it means you know nothing about product. Mm. It also means you're probably a very poor retailer and you don't understand about making money. The way you make money as a retailer is to have your own product and your own brand because you're able to control the margin from manufacturing through to consumer. It means you can work closely with your consumer, understand his needs. You also understand the processes of every other company that you're going to be working with because you're setting a standard and a benchmark about how you expect them to work. It's kind of creating a, you know, an audit trail, really, of you know, accountability in terms of the environmental you know, goodness of, of the product they, they're bringing to the, the marketplace. The last component is, act, is actually someone else's product with someone else's brand, which are operating in a similar marketplace model like a red mark you know mm. you know we sell on red marks great for us really great partner for us um but you know it's quite margin heavy on their side mm. <laughs> you know leaves us very margin light on our side yeah um, how they make the money yes how they make their money or try to um so you know but they're also running a big business at a lot of costs so it doesn't always end up that they're making as much money they might have a nice, good margin but a lot of costs involved also so we, we've approached it from the other way we started from the product side you know we build a brand we get that brand to be known. We license that brand into other sectors and you know, other, other markets around the world to help stimulate getting uh, plastics-free products into consumers' hands. Um, but here in Singapore, where we have this unique situation. It's quite a small conurbation. It's a reasonable-sized population. Um, but we have some unique problems with how we have to deal with waste. Um, so a lot, of, a lot of material is just getting disposed of and not being reclaimed and reutilized. Um, and, and we think there's a better way of doing that. Okay. Well, this is at the idea stage. Let's have a look at the whole yes. roadmap of where we are at the moment, because you've got a slide in the pitch deck towards the end. If we can go to slide 10, which is about where you are with your product roadmap. I'll let, I'll let Mike talk about this. One. Let, let me ask you, just before we kick off, is when did you start the business? July last year. Okay. So you're, I mean, bearing in mind, this is April 2020, yeah. 2019. You're less than a year old, yeah. so you're like 10 months, right? Yeah, we, we delivered our first official product uh, 20th of November last year okay. to unpack. That was our, our first. It was very significant that we wanted our first product to go to a you know a, a, a plastics-free, packaging-free store. Great. Okay, roadmap, Michael. What do we need to know? Well, I guess you can see that there's two parts to it. One is, as we mentioned, the products. So we've got products that serve the mission that we're on. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have more of these products. Now, at the same time, there will be the website because today you can go to our website and you can actually order Bamboo. You can actually order a product. And what we think we can do is as we have more products, the website becomes a more important tool for the customer to control what they want and how they want it. For example, today you can actually order one Bamboo. And if you want, you can actually order a subscription. But one day what we think you can actually do is you can say, hey, I want to order, you know, these products and have them delivered to me and I will keep this tote bag or this, you know, returnable crate and when I'm done, I'll put stuff, you know, I'll put the empty bottles back in mm -hmm. and I'll order another bag and then return the other one when the delivery man comes to, to bring the new products. But then on our side with the website in place, we can then start to track the inventory. Where are we sending returnable crates? who's consumed half the products and, you know, and they put it back 
then we do send another one out. So the idea is that in the roadmap, we'll have more and more products that we can sell, ours as well as other people's. And it was a, there's a way to effectively help close the loop by sending these products and taking the unused items back. Mm. So that's basically how it is. And today, it's just very simple. We're at stage one, where it's just website, order, have the products, use them. How many products now? So we've got three products in particular. So the, mm. the main ones, obviously, Bambaloo. Then there's Just Water. And there's Can of Water. And then the fourth one we've just added is, I think we can say that already, yeah. can we? Tap yeah. Water. Mm. Tap Water is our tap biodegradable water. filter. Yeah. Okay, right. On tap On filter. Tap. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Bambaloo is the main one because we own that and we'll extend that line from just, you know, mm. as you can see today, we've got the toilet rolls or the toilet paper. We've got the facial tissues. It's going to expand into a lot more things. We can actually do, we can do diapers mm. today. So I've tested that myself. Okay, so I guess um, you, you're putting your your marketplace together. You, you're, yes. you're obviously starting with your own products, yes. which is something you can control. You learn about the customer. Yes. You can control the whole supply chain to, they, you know, they, they pick up the product and return it to you eventually, right? Yes. And then you're going to invite other partners into that to build on your yes. platform because you have the captive audience of yeah. people who you understand have a need for this kind of product, yes. right? You may have those people watching, listening now, those partners. What, what do you, in terms of putting a call out to those potential product owners, what are you looking for? Because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who say, yeah, I could do with a, uh, a marketplace that has access to probably your consumers are more affluent than the average customer, right? Because they probably have more money to spend, think about these kind of things. Oh, you know, I'm I, sure I, that I, must be that, that, That's, yeah, that, some of them, yes. Right. Um, but actually, it, th these are consumers who are um, more conscious okay. uh, about the problems that they're seeing around the world or, or outside their own door. Um, you know, our products are not any more expensive. Okay. Um, this is the one big thing, the big misnomer that's been like around, you said, been around for a long time. So I'm not saying that, you know, it's suddenly like there's a, a, a new light on this and, and you'll, you'll look around the world and you'll still see things which are organic and natural and vegan or whatever and then somebody's trying to get you to pay more money for it and the answer is no you know it doesn't need to be and it shouldn't be if you want to replace the one thing that somebody uses with big you know every day um and needs to have in their life whether it's water whether it's toilet paper whether it's soap whether it's toothbrush all these other things you've got to have a product which is compatible comparable in price and value and performance first and foremost the customer's not going to spend his money on something that's not as good, you know, for more money. You might do it once, but never again. Um, you've just got to figure out how to manage your supply chain. So to be able to offer those values that are the benchmarks, the ceilings, if you want, mm. um, you know, around you, the market barometers, uh, um, markers, uh, um, but deliver them a product which is actually less impactful to the earth. But if I'm a supplier mm. or I own a product, and even though, I mean, I could argue that, this doesn't have to be more expensive, but it's more expensive by virtue of the fact that I can't manufacture 10 million of these products a week, right? Mm. And therefore, I don't get the economies of scale. And therefore, is... it has to be more expensive. And I'm not going through Redmart, and I have to mm. go through a niche. Therefore, it's going to pay that premium, right? So therefore, if I'm going to come to you and, and put it on your platform, I have to charge more because my my overheads are naturally higher because I'm well, a smaller yeah, operation. Yeah, well, you you won't sell very many simple as that right um you know again w why is that because 
at a time it would have been that more affluent consumer who had a little bit more money and, and would say it's okay i can in brackets afford it um but the pyramid is a lot wider now and a lot more people that 66 percent of people is a nielsen's number from around the world it's not a singapore catchment of 200 people or something mm. um that's the the mass of people the, the younger consumers are much more concerned about who they're spending their money with and the the methodology and transparency of that company um than the than you know my generation were you know we would we would believe the adverts we saw on tv or read the newspaper oh, yeah. um you know that's how it was mm. um that isn't the case anymore so you know they've checked you out they know you inside out already yeah before they're going to part with their money but they part with their money because what you're doing resonates mm. with them but you've still got to deliver value otherwise they can't stay with you for very long so you've got to be comparable you've got to be in the market sphere you don't have to be the least expensive you can be a little bit more expensive but you have to be in touch with right you know the market position it can't be an issue right yeah it can't That's be an point. issue Price otherwise, otherwise be. it becomes a very short yeah. cycle of purchase and then they can't oh, i'd really love to but i can't yeah because these are what i call terminal purchases you know why you're gonna have to be replaced again next week and the week after mm. and the week after that and the week after that and, the, and it goes on and on and on and and you know and i mean this honestly every day i get up i think of is is there a better way that we can actually go to the toilet and not use toilet paper it sounds mm. kind of crazy but I put myself through that drill every morning mm. because it would be great if I could think up an idea that would mean that we wouldn't have to do this, mm. you know, because there'd be, be a better way that was less impactful on the earth and answer all our, or answer all our needs. Mm. Um, but, but we're but making progress. That's we're the making That's progress. Here, That's right? it. We, it. Okay. Step by step by step. I want to ask you, uh, chaps, are you raising funds at the moment? We are indeed. Well, we're trying hard. Okay. So what's the story? Where are you at the moment and how much are you raising publicly? We're trying to raise half a million dollars. US um, sing. Uh, sing. That okay. would get us through to about 18 months uh, runway, get us to the, the expansion of our product selection here for Singapore. Yeah. Would start to see the first sort of test version of return. So our website would morph into return, um, which would allow us to introduce the crate, the IoT control system, start to introduce one or two partners who were maybe using you know, their own reusable packaging or um, work with partners that were also in a similar vein to us were creating a product that has uh, um, less impact on the earth and mm. had, let's say, no plastics or materials that we could um, consider to be um, manageable in terms of the upstream recycling of them. Okay, great. So it's half a million sing, and it, have you got investors all... In the earlier rounds, or is it self-funded? Uh, well, no, we, we were, we've been kind of self-driven, self-funded, bootstrapping, whichever terminology, which well, normally means not getting paid, Yeah, um, you know, for a while, um, for, for a long while. Um, and, but we've been real fortunate. We had a, a small angel investor who, who helped us out at the very beginning um, from a purely philanthropic perspective, get the wheels on the tricycle, pushing us off down yeah. the road. Um, now, now we kind of we can cycle on our own mm. kind of thing. You want to take those, you want to take those wheels and put them onto another bike. Um, you know, so so he 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 did us a great service, but it it had a limit. So we've been sort of sort of uh, cleaning our faces, as as the old phrase would be. You know, paying our paying our bills, but but not getting much more else done. Mm. Um, not much more money else for for anything else. That's why we need investment. Okay, um, well, what kind of investors are you? 
interested in talking to because there's a lot of money out there at the moment there is um but we're not a 10 times two year deal um you know we're we're you know this is a a a longer game i guess in a sense in terms of you know return it is a very large dependable market you know we're not trying to create something that no one's ever heard of before in terms of the practicalities of what we're doing and we're just doing it in a different way um, but it's you know this is not an it's not a uh, it's not an app it's not going to get fifty thousand followers mm. on it tomorrow. Um, it relies on us being able to expand our range and it relies on us being able to develop other overseas licensees. You know, which um, last week we kind of got to MOU stage with you know partners for uh, Macau and Hong Kong and then another one in India. Um, we already have one in New Zealand, so you know that those wheels are turning, um, and, and in fact, they they can accelerate because they're a licensee. They can accelerate their mm. their product offer faster than we can because you know we have to self fund our own development here. Um, but in terms of you know whether they're impact minded, I think is the important thing. What we're seeing um, a little bit here in Singapore is is the beginning of that. Um, you know, in the past, it was very very tech focused very heavily tech focused we're a light tech business i guess we, we're just approaching it from a product perspective we're not not saying we're going to build a marketplace then try and figure out what product we should sell we're saying this is the kind of product we will sell mm. because we believe there is uh, a, a growing need and a growing market for this kind of product and the tech platform you know w- will look like like it needs to, mm. to you know to perform um, I always think that that's probably the easy part, actually, in today's world, um, because there's a lot more smarter people than me around. Um, but in terms of trying to identify your product, that's if you get it wrong, it just costs you money. You know, you'll, if you're not making good margins, um, you know, so that's the bit I'm quite good at. Mm. Um, so I think that that's where Mike's background and Mike's experience comes in quite well. Cause he's a good steady hand and a good set of eyes and a good background and knowledge in in uh, um you know more online and more, more far more tech savvy than i am anyway great well i think um it's a noble cause yeah. and the i mean the people are out there that you're looking for the question is just getting in front of them you know you're going to need a different type of investor you know whether you need corporate partners as well potentially mm. they could open up a lot of doors yes. for distribution for you as well um funding from that aspect as yes. well. There's a lot of money in that sort of corporate yes. funding yeah. of these kind of projects as well. Yeah. So there's a lot of options out there. Um, so we just put the call out there. And I suppose for you guys, what would be the best way for people to reach out to you? Is it through LinkedIn? Does that work for you? Yeah, it works perfectly. Okay, so we'll yeah, put all the details yeah, yeah. in the show notes. Yeah. Michael yeah, and David, thank yeah. you very Pleasure. much for joining us in the studio today and sharing your journey, wishing yeah. you all the best with your thank fundraising you. and Bambulu and the yeah. nurturing company as well. The ongoing journey, the challenge. It's never going to be a straight line, is it? It's but never. It's never going to be a simple no, trip. Never. One. But that's never why you chose it. Trip. And not a simple. You know, we, we the other part of that where we, you know, people talk to us investment. They go, yes, yeah, very. Uh, it was very complicated. And we go, well, yeah, it's not a simple problem. We're trying to solve this. It's not like well, we can create this thing that's going to solve that thing because this thing, this problem, is multifaceted, multi-layered. Mm runs very deep in our society um and you know is is worth a lot of money so you're never going to be able to solve it with one silver bullet sadly Mm. even when we talk with hotels we talk about why we've got this variety of of, uh, um, solutions is because even in one 
conversation, we'll be having four different um, view, versions of that conversation because they've actually got multiple versions of the same problem depending on whether it's in-room, F&B, meeting space, you know, front of house. They've, you know, it's a, the same overall problem. I want to get rid of plastics. Mm. But what's needed is different in each case. Well, hopefully you have a solution. Well, we're going to try. There you go. Michael and David, thank you so thank much you. for joining us today. Pleasure, it's been Graham. a real pleasure. Thanks, and um, you've got all the details in the show notes. If you want to reach out and speak to these chaps, I'm sure they'll be happy. Many different formats as well as, you know, corporates, potential investors, potential partners, as well as people who may be interested in joining this movement that you're yes. creating. Reach out. So this is Pitch Deck Asia. My name's Graham Brown. We're signing out. Thank you. That was Pitch Deck Asia, powered by Pitch Media Asia. My name's Graham Brown. Pitch Deck Asia is a platform to give startups in Asia a voice. We give them a show to help them tell their story. And if you love these startup stories and like hearing more about the journeys of the founders, go and check out our SoundCloud channel, which is available at pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. That's pitchdeck.asia slash SoundCloud. Head along to the channel, subscribe, follow us, and feel free to leave a comment or a rating on our channel as well. We'd love to hear your feedback.